Hello, everyone. This is Chalk Talk Sports Podcast, powered by Powering You. I'm your host, Daryl Duvall. Today, special guest is Logan Tillman. Logan is going to talk about his journey from the University of Michigan to uh, AAF to the XFL. Also talk about his um, nonprofit organization, what's going on in the world right now from COVID-19 to social justice, to also you know, what he's doing right now from training and just having a good time and just his journey of what it took from to go from one place to the next. So let's kick this podcast off today. Are you ready? So again, anyway, man, I just wanted to kind of follow back up with you because it's been a while since we talked and, uh, you know, kind of following up one, you know, again, you know, I got this podcast that I've been interviewing a lot of coaches on different topics and I know I've been trying to get with you because I mean you had a path from XFL to AFL AFF and now you back in Dallas man so I mean yeah I know it's ironic so that's going to be the end part of this interview is the Dallas situation but you know I want to kind of talk about you know the starting off with you know being at University of Michigan and 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 kind of going from that point and so get your thoughts on you know starting out and, and I'm going to use this as a way of teaching kids because of everything that's yep. going on with COVID-19, you know, you're already aware of it. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, man. We, we really don't. We don't yeah. know when school's going to start. And you're dealing with kids. Now it's like, I mean, asking you, can you help me out? Or where do yeah. I need to go? Or what do I do? So I just want to kind of get your story and then kind of, you know, throw in some other stuff. Yeah, um, long story short, you know, graduating from Michigan, I uh, ended up playing at UTEP my last year as a grad transfer, yada, yada, yada. So I go, I go to the 49ers, and I'm in rookie minicamp, and I'm competing for a spot, you know, and I end up getting cut because I've never played the inside before. I played left tackle all five years. Um, so the guy that plays center, he ends up getting the spot, all that because he's on Madden, I'm not. Um, and that just goes into why now today all my players know how to play all five positions. Um, the biometrics of O-line, you know, the angles of O-line are all the same. You know what I mean? It's all different ways to skin the same cat. Um, but starting off there, that was my first introduction to pro football with the San Fran 49ers, short-lived. But it was a good deal. Um, so I go and do that. Then the next year, the AAF, the Alliance of American Football, is around. And I'm down there with Coach Mike Singletary playing for the Memphis Express team. And my first time back is actually Johnny Manziel's first time back. So um, I think it was kind of a ironic kind of brand blending deal, you know, with this comeback season and my affairs never final deal. Um, you know, so I did that. Everything went well. And then uh, week nine, we get fired on our day off. <laughs> so uh, then the redirection comes again. Um, so I'm still working and things like that. You know, I have the nonprofit back home called Affairs Number Final 501C3. And then um, the ascension from that was me being a teacher, you know, doing the um, – my first assignment was behavior special ed. Um, and that flows so much to the things that I take with me now, education, I mean, excuse me, to athletics, because um, in that educational setting, it's like um, you have to get creative. You know, you cannot, can you hear me? Yeah, you have to get creative. You cannot leave any airspace. You know, you can't leave anything to, you know, <laughs> the imagination, you know, when you have that kind of group and they have those things going on. And and I think that has made me a better coach, just for the example of um, I coach Pop Warner as well. And my right guard, Big Chase, who's never played football at all, you know, understands zone step, power step. 
you know, setting the table on the deuce, you know what I mean, as a 11 year old, you know? So I think things like that um, correlate perfectly to the lane I'm in now, you know, being the trainer and coach and all that good stuff. Um, so long story short, doing all my thing in the AAF after it closes down, still working all that, staying prepared. And I end up getting drafted number eight out of think of like a hundred linemen or something like that for the XFL. So I'm with the DC team doing good, doing real well. I'm having a good time. Um, I'm playing center now and guard, you know, ironically enough, you know, what I've never played before. Um, and then we get canceled because of COVID, you know, so it's kind of like the reiteration of the same things over and over. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I mean, again, I'm talking to Logan Tooley, Tillman, uh, former, uh, uh, player for the University of Michigan, um, also uh, AAF and XFL player. Um, going back to your experience with starting off at the XFL, I mean, what is your, again, I kind of saw some of your comments on on Twitter and, and Facebook and, and uh, I mean, when you first got there in Memphis, what was the conditions like? What was the, what was the, I mean, cause it's a new league and yeah. you know, I, all you're doing is trying to get a, a way to get into the NFL. So just kind of yeah. go by your, your thoughts, man. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really ironic in that whole situation, how the AAF even began uh, for me. Uh, like I was saying, I was back home teaching, you know, running my nonprofit, doing those things, you know, just staying in phase one, as I would call it. Um, then I got a call to invite of something called your call football. Um, where it's basically you go and you play for five weeks, but the fans call the plays. You know, you have NFL coaches, pro coaches, all that good stuff. Um, so I'm at your call football, and I have Coach Bill Meyer, you know, who's a legendary O-line guy. Um, and it's funny because I still do some of the drills we did there, whatever, whatever. So I do that. I play pretty well. Um, and then I get picked up by the Memphis team, you know. So straight from Florida to Memphis. Um, and, you know, it's at the University of Memphis. And I went there before for a visit, you know, so it was pretty familiar grounds. But it was an awesome deal, you know, right there at the Liberty Bowl. You know, um, Coach Singletary ran an awesome program. Um, he was a great guy for me as someone who watched NFL Network as a kid. It was always like kind of in awe, you know, of just being able to be around him and learn from him, you know. And it makes sense why he was so great as a player because he's the same way as a person. Right. And and when the and how was the the conditions there? I mean, you all stayed in a part uh, a park, yeah. right? And and also, I think mm -hmm. a hotel, and they kind of they actually had oh it. yeah yeah the good old Sinesta. Um, long story short, the things were folding, and the funding was taken. Um, so they basically put everyone's stuff on the curb and charged my car like three thousand dollars or something crazy like that. <laughs> um, and they, I eventually ended up getting it back, but that was just like one of the sour endings to it with Dundon. You know, it's kind of like one of those deals. Like, you know, the thing I really respect about uh, Mr. McMahon and the end of the XFL, he still paid all his employees, you know, the rest of those checks. And I think it may only have been one or two, or I think the coaches with the high salaries, they really didn't get, you know, the uh, overall amount that they wanted. Um, but I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, there was only one check that we did not get for the whole contracted year, if I'm not mistaken. So and the XFL. that was the good things for the XFL, yeah. And 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 so I'm just curious. They told y'all 
when y'all checked into those hotels, everybody had to put a credit card on file. Uh, no, they, no, they 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 got slick because it was like two weeks before it was ended, and they came around and said, "Yeah, we need to get everybody's card information on file." <laughs> oh, so we, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, the housing is free. They got the drop. It's all good. Nope, sure. Man, that's that. And then they're gonna try try to charge y'all for three grand a flow. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to get your money back? I think the whole process is about probably a month through Chase or something like that. Thank goodness. Oh, I'm surprised Chase even let it go through like that, man. Yeah, well, no, they see that they had, um I can't remember the word. They had substantiated it with paperwork, so they were able to get it back to me. Oh, they did? Okay. And so, I mean, going back to AAF, what was – do you think you – do you think the experience from, from – no, XFL – do you think no AF? I'm sorry. Do you think the experience mm-hmm. with AF? You learned a lot there. I'm just you know. Yeah, yeah, I definitely did, and I think for me that was a social proof. You know what I mean? Like me being able to see all those numbers, those zeros on that contract that we did sign was social proof. You know, we obviously didn't get that much, but you know, um, it was an awesome deal. You know, because like I was saying, I was just in phase one. You know, starting my life as an educator. You know, and starting a nonprofit, trying to be, you know, um, effective in my area where I come from, where I have influence. Um, and then that to happen, it was awesome, you know, and I think it's so funny, like I was just saying with the Johnny playing his first game back and me as well, you know, being on there on NFL Network, I think it was just more of that proof of concept. And and then trying to transition back to the XFL, uh, being in D.C., I mean, it was more of a, it was a better situation. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Coach Pep Hamilton, he he did a really good job of walking and how he talked to you know, and I think it's interesting to see why he's been in so many places he's been, you know. Um he'll be out there training just you know, just almost the same, you know. Um and I think now it's so funny as me being here in Duncanville, there's so many things I remember him seeing. I remember him saying, you know, that I'll just innately be doing myself, you know. Right. Like for example, um I tell my players all the time, I'm never gonna make you or expect you to do something that I have never been able to do myself. You know, so I think it was just funny, you know, the first few weeks on the job, you know, because how hands on I am and things like that and me being so young and knowledgeable, you know. Um, So I think it was a very awesome experience. And the thing that I appreciate the most about D.C. is just like the things that I remember, you know what I mean? Um, For example, I think one of the best things I remember Coach Pep saying, he was just like, dude, it's like, you know, um, I got all these hands out. You know, I got people to really take care of, you know. Um, and the interesting thing that he said, you know, it's like the worst thing is being stuck somewhere you don't deserve to be, you know what I mean? Um, so what does that mean? You know, can apply it to whatever facet of your life that you want to, you know, and I think the very last thing that I'll say about is we were on the practice field. Um, and he was just, we were out there, he brought us all up. He said, you know what, y'all, I could be doing anything in the world right now. And I'm out here arguing with Kenny Bigelow ass. <laughs> and I think that there was just funny perspective, you know what I mean? To like, Yes, we're playing pro football. Yes, we're blessed. Yes, this is awesome. But you're more than that. You know what I mean? And I think him saying that, he was obviously joking around and playing, you know, and wanting us just to take it, you know, take heed to what the appreciation of the situation we're in. But I think it just gave me more perspective. Like, I have played pro football. I have a degree. I have done a lot. I have traveled a lot of places. But it's just been in one arena, you know. So I think that sticks to me the most. And I think it's just more more than not change your perspective to be limitless. Because the last thing I'll say about it that was most impressive, it was advantage-based offense. You know, there was nothing that we couldn't do, you know what I mean, or couldn't work to or couldn't develop to, to get done. You know? So that was really one of the interesting parts.
And, and what makes it more, much better is because of your experience and the things that you bring to the table and, and also yeah. having a backup plan. Cause I mean, you had the teaching, you had the foundation. I mean, you probably got a lot of friends who played in the XFL or AFF who's still trying to find, really want to go back and, and, you know, just trying to find a job, you know, and just out there. Yeah. And so, I mean, and they even said, I'm, I think somebody's trying to buy out uh, the XFL, the concept. And yeah, because I, I really think that there should be a training ground for players who need to get to the next stage. Because mm -hmm. now really the only create training ground they said they got is University of Michigan, Alabama, Oklahoma. But everybody don't have that chance to get to that point. So we really need a, a program geared to it. Like, you know, we really thought AAF was going to be it. I mean, and I really think that they took, they should have waited a little bit, got everything together, you know, and yeah. I don't know. That's the way I feel. I mean, you might feel something different. I mean, yeah. Well, the thing that's cool though is that he did it under LLC, um, and they renewed the leases. I know in Houston for sure. So there'll be spring football. Well, it's probably all gonna be spring football, but there will be that XFL <laughs> coming back somewhere because they did renew the leases in St. Louis and Houston already. Oh, they did. Yeah, and there was a. It was more than one credible source that reported it as well. So, oh, and have they? Interesting how that plays out. Have they been talking to you about coming back? Are you pretty much? Uh, no, um, and I've been all in on coaching, so I've just been focused on DBL. So you pretty much, you're, you're just ready to focus on coaching right now? Yeah, I mean, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, if there is a team that came and said, yeah, come be our backup third string center, third string tackle or something like that, I earn a spot, you know. Right. Obviously, it'd be offer. I couldn't refuse. But, yeah, I think I'm a way better coach than I was a player, and I was pretty decent as a player. So I think it's an exciting deal. So now I'm going to transition to where you are right now. How did coaching at Duncanville come about? Sample. Yeah, this is a World Star exclusive. Long story short, um, my coach from last year who hired me in, in Nevada, Coach John Haskins, um, he had connected me with an interview in Houston. Um, and long story short, it was cool. It was awesome, but it just wasn't for me. You know, and on the way back, I was just thinking, oh, yeah, who do they play? Oh, perfect. Um, so I reached out, you know what I mean? Um, I filled out some applications for some real blue blood programs that heard back from other high schools, which was awesome. But on my way back while I was driving, uh, the first opponent was Duncanville. And me, you know, just this is more of the proof of concept. You know, I had a situation I went through um, when I wanted to relocate from Illinois. You know, I just would pray on it and say, you know, get around my cousin. You know, his name's DeMarco. He's a firefighter. Um, and in high school, when I did that, you know, going through a similar situation, I became an All-American you know, 50 offers and stuff like that. Right. And then, you know, so I'm down here. I'm actually so upset. I'm driving back to his house, you know, trying to plan stuff out. And I call Duncanville, like, hey, do you guys need a volunteer coach? And it happened to be there was an opening because someone had just got hired, you know. So things went from there. Um, and I come to find out I have three five-star linemen, you know, and a stable of Walmart and big fellas, you know what I mean? And uh, I think it's just the universe coming together. Um, and, and now, you know, coaching the offensive tackles and stuff like that, um, they're obviously elite level players already. But, you know, in my mind, we're just going to throw the candy paint spinners and 6-12s in it. You know what I mean? We're going to teach you how to play big boy football in the position now, you know. So whenever you go to wherever you're going to be at, that learning curve is a lot smaller, you know. 
And so that's how I ended up ending up with Duncanville. But the thing that really grabbed me was just Coach Samples. You know, he's um, a, a legend, in my opinion, a leader. Um, and one of my mentors, Clinton Ford, from my hometown, actually told me about him. And he explained how highly regarded he is. You know, he compared him to, you know, Wayne McLean, where I'm from in Peoria. Mm-hmm. You know, and it gave me the context I needed. You know, and it's just been so many people that have been going to bat for me, you know, and just – um, helping me out, you know, and I really just know it's just, you know, universe and God coming together in my favor. And, you know, the sky's really the limit, you know, and I was offered an O-line coaching job in college um, about a week ago. No, excuse me, three days ago. I obviously turned it down for the opportunity I have here in D-Ville. Um, but it's just, you know, things he's been showing me. It's been awesome. And, um, you know, I don't know if you – did you see that uh, – have you been looking at old state champion tapes yet? The one that they uh, – I, I watched – yeah, I watched last year, yep. The year they – I'm talking about the year, but – Oh, before. no, I didn't I didn't see the year before. Oh, I heard I, it was the same thing, though. I, oh, yeah, yeah. When they threw the bomb in the air. Mm-hmm. That's something I'll never forget, man. I never man, that's forget. crazy. <laughs> we, man, that's crazy. We won a coach sample. So, I got a question. How do you deal with – right now – you have you had an opportunity to talk to some of the players? Yeah, yeah, and all of them are active on social media. Okay, I mean the biggest thing we just tell them just stay focused on the process, not the product. You know what I mean? Nobody knows for a fact anything, but the thing that we do know is that the sun's up when we got opportunity here. You know what I'm talking about? So how are you? How and so you're pretty much staying on top of them, motivating them. And I mean, right now, kids, they're like, "Damn, what are we gonna do?" I mean, and then you got kids who are on the borderline and they need it this year to play. I mean, what are you saying to them? I mean, how are you, how are you, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, I'm in a cool spot. I was able to partner with Akeem Tlaib and Von Miller, and I'm the O-line trainer at a place called a D1 Plus. Right. I mean, a lot of kids have been through there. Um, and here in Texas, um, it's pretty cool, uh, you know, how much people love it. Guys are still training themselves, you know what I mean? But the ones that are, you know, on that, teetering edge, you know what I mean, and getting discouraged. I would just let them know, dude, you're going to be somewhere on somebody's team playing. Now, will you be prepared or not? You know, and um, moreover, it's like my my Twitter, I have like probably over 600 coaches from all different levels that follow me, you know what I mean, and real good connections. So a lot of the guys that don't have them, they will have them. Um, and like, for example, there's one big fella named Sully Burns I've been working with. And there's been probably 12 BCS schools that have hit him up after our third workout. You know what I mean? So right. there's always opportunity. And then it's cool time we're in with social media, you know. Um, so I, I just remind them just to stay positive, you know what I mean? Because that's the only thing we truly can control. And what about the parents? I know the parents have been hitting you up. They, they've been going crazy. What am I going to do? I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think it's cool with the parents because it's like I'm able to explain to you the process that you're about to go through, you know, the things that you're about to go through. Uh, for example, uh, I coach for the North Texas Bills, and I have one kid, Big Red, who in my opinion is the best 12, under 12 U player in the nation. You know, and I just explained to his mom, you know what I mean, like he has everything he needs. You know what I mean? All he has to do is keep remembering what he represents and who he is, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he'll be fine. And um, I think the, the the biggest, biggest thing in this whole deal for everyone involved, you know I mean, it's just there's a lot we don't understand, we can't control. But what what is the internet? Free enterprise, right? You know, this should be a time for whatever your business um, or whatever opportunity you have that you monetize it. And so, I mean, basically what I was just curious on what is Coach Samples has been saying to you all on 
I mean, this is an unnecessary season. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, again, in the, I mean, is he just just talking to the kids and just kind of? Well, well, I, I don't, I don't want to misquote him, uh, but from what I remember, he's just telling us all to be positive. I mean, control okay. we can control, you know, and that's just been the moral of the story through the whole program. Just control the controllables. Right, because you can't really. I mean, there's no way to control this. I mean, you, you know, you. Yeah. And, and Duncanville is not the only school that's going to be affected. Everybody else is going to be expected. Exactly. Affected, Everybody know? in the country. Right. You got MIAC, who just canceled it. Mostly, and mostly all the small schools. I think SWAC is still waiting until, I mean, they waiting, waiting it out. You got mm-hmm. those old school Big Ten is still waiting it out. And, I mean, right now they're saying they want to do conference only. And, um you know, I don't know. I mean, with you all at AD1, uh, I mean, you can kind of do it where you can have, like, maybe three or four players there. And do you t- tend to – but you also work out in Duckerville too, is that correct? you going back and forth. Um, well, the, everything in Dallas has been shut down to, I believe, next month. So um, the only things that are open are those gyms. Oh, they are? Mm-hmm. And so how do you – so, so now, since you're on this teaching level, what is your goals? What are you looking at? What do you obviously? Hey, your next thing. I want to be a coach. You know. So I'm yeah. Gonna... Um. Well, eventually down the line, I'm going to get my PhD in prior urban education administration. Um. And my goal on that is to eventually uh, gear the education system in the area that I'm from, specifically in the population I lived in, away from the Western. Um, European kind of education system. In my opinion, um, I should learn about Malcolm X way before I got into college. I should learn about Nat Turner way before I, you know what I mean, got into college. I should have learned about these things and had an understanding of these things and some of the things behind the causation, you know. Why did I have 12 friends murdered before they turned 21? You know, why does the city, why is the, the city, city council members in my city get health benefits from only working 19 hours a week. You know, why have I never seen these people in the building? Why have I never seen you around except when some tragic happens? And beyond that, why do you have um, the audacity to speak on these situations that you've never tried to come and serve through? You know, um, and for me, I think education is our last, last chance for, for prosperity, in my opinion. Um, for example, there are a lot of my students I still mentor to this day on the South and the Pure that are going through it. You know, um, those three, two meals a day helped, you know, that need that, you know, being able to see a positive face in that building, they needed that, you know, and now that the situation we're in is kind of, it's kind of no man's land, you know, but the biggest thing that I've been just trying to focus on is just being the best version of myself, you know, and by doing that, then I can get all the content out, then I can get you something that can help you, you know what I mean, but really in education, my end goal is to get that PhD have a major effect on the, the landscape education where I'm from and hopefully do the same thing that someone has done for me, you know, with all the blessings that I've had. And how to, let's talk about your nonprofit organization. Let's, yeah. I mean, what, how did that start? Where, what, is, what is your yeah. main goals? What's your mission statement? Yeah, basically my first number final started, you know, when I went through a situation undergrad, you know, where, um, I basically went through a unfortunate deal, you know, and everything ended up working out and getting dropped and stuff like that. But at that point, you know, I went from being, you know, an all-American four-star lineman to Big Ten office lineman to sleeping in my car, you know, to couch surfing and to, you know, being on the boxing team, fighting for my life, you know, and trying not to go back to Chicago, trying not to go back to Illinois. Um, and so that's where Fairs Never Final come. It comes from, you know, being that 
that person who's failed at the highest level and felt no one was around, you know, and a lot of young people today go through that. And it's my mission. And it's my, you know, infatuation just to try to give them what someone gave to me. You know, I want to be able to let you understand that you're not alone. You know, the, your back is against the wall, but are you going to keep swinging? Or are you going to lay down? you know and so that's kind of the precursor of fairs never final and then beyond that you know after i had got cut by the 49ers it was so funny i was so upset and mad but you know i'm on the plane i'm sitting next to danny glover and he's just telling me some some old down south country crock story about where he was from and i just felt like it was so funny because that was just guy reminded me go back where you're from you know what i mean don't go to la and train go back to the crib where people don't need to say you really just need a testimony you know what I mean? If someone has done it. Right. So that's the precursor of it. And the arena of education really, really made me explore with the nonprofit. For example, um, my first year um, as a nonprofit, we put probably about 493 pairs of shoes in our community, probably about 270 coats, um, numerous, numerous book bags, probably over 600. And I say those numbers not to brag, but I'd say that's to bring, you know, the pride to where we come from. You know, it's the number three worst place for African-Americans. But there's a lot of people fighting for, for you know, equality and equity. Uh, for example, there's a great program called Mail Mentor Monday. Um, that's an essential program of what Mr. Carl Holloway is doing with his MAI program in the community. Um, and for me, the Fairs Never Final is my, my life's work. You know, for example, my foster son, he's, uh, I met him at one of my first events, you know, that I went and spoke at his church. And then he was just like me asking all the same questions. And it's a funny story. We were going to a nonprofit event in Chicago. And we're probably in Joliet, probably an hour and a half out of my hometown, Peoria. You know, it's his first time out of the South. And he asked, you know, dang, are we in Dallas? Ironically enough, you know, um, but we're driving back, you know. And the proof of concept is so real because we, so many times, we think that what we're doing is not important or it's not what, in reality, someone that is wanting to obtain something that sees you even having a podcast, you know, Big D, that's motivating to them, you know. So we're getting leaving out, have a good time. It's just me and him, everybody else asleep. He said, you know, Logan, when I can't see you, I cry sometimes. It's not because I'm a punk. It's because you make me feel like I'm somebody. Now, rewind, rewind, rewind. When I was in that situation, going sad, down, bad, depressed, I need to hear that First Peter's chapter 2, verse 9, if I'm not mistaken, you know, um, your royal priesthood. You know what I mean? You have a father no matter what. I needed that. And if I wouldn't have went through that, I wouldn't have been the person I was able to be to be able to service him how he needed it. You know, so that's my long-winded answer about the why. Um, Fairs never final. Um, the what is we have a 501c3 taxes and organization. Um, we're just focused on gen generating as much, as much positive influence, positive energy, positive vibrations for this next generation as we can. And, you know, you kind of told me a little bit about the story and everything. And, and there's a, uh, there was a, there was an NFL player who went through the same thing, but he was a little bit more severe. And I actually saw, was it Brian? What was his name? Brian. My mind just went back. His first name is Brian. He actually had served. Uh, and, and, you know, it kind of goes back to the story, you know, again, you have a story. And, and that's one of the things, what motivates you? And that's why I ask every player that. And what is your story, your, your story? And you have a story to tell, reach them from, you know, being at the University of Michigan, being an All-American. And, and, you know, also situations happening to you and you're not giving up and keep on going. And now your end goal, I mean, now 
it comes to the fruition, you now coach at Duncanville, which is one of the best. Well, it, it is one of the best schools in Texas division uh, football, top football, and you're working with a top coach. And you probably would have never known that you'd be right there. Yeah. In Duncanville working exactly. for this coach right here and having all this talent right here. I mean. Exactly. And, and, I, and I think it's, it's just – I think for me, it's just so much more motivating because, you know, it's just God real to me, like, this is what you've been destined for. You know, right. this is who you need to be. This is who you need to be showing up for, you know. And I think it's so funny, even with the Pop Warner babies, you know, I get so motivated by them, they don't even know it because it's like, dude, in four years from now, you're going to be so much more farther ahead. You're going to be so much more in a better position. And then beyond that, when any, any of you got dudes get to wherever college you're going to be at, now you're not going through the freshman blues. You know, now you know what to do, how to do it. And if you're not able to do that, you understand the process now, you know. Right. So I think just being very, very intentional and deliberate with the, the development of offensive line play and me having, the, obviously, you know, the knowledge and tools to get it done, you know, now in the arena, it's just a blessing. But last question I, I want to go back to is the position sure. offensive line. And yep. when you were at University of Michigan, I yep. mean – did you did the coaches and they probably didn't because all they care about is okay this is one position and you need to learn this position did they i mean did anybody come up and say oh you need to learn all these different positions to make you better at that point um well i played both right and left tackle for sure um but the thing with that though is too that they had so many guys that it wasn't a huge huge need you know um, and the thing that with my guys, too, is that I could have learned those positions. You know, it was explained, but I didn't personally put that in, in, intentional um, thought into it. You know what I mean? So that's like with all my guys now, like even Big Savion, he's a five-star left tackle, best in the nation. But he understands the principles of being able to be a right tackle, a right guard, a left guard, you know. And then beyond that, you know, as a coach, he's just a coach's dream, you know. He's – locked in you know he's taking crisp notes he's asking crisp questions you know what I mean he wants to as he wants to breathe and beyond that you know that's all you can ask for as a coach you know like for example we did a training deal whenever it was but I showed him a slow drag technique where you want to take the defender's space away now and just strike whatever's closest to him um he, his base looked better than mine you know what I mean and he cares about it he loves it um and it's just a dream to be able to have that as a player and so you take that and I just you just added another question how so since you just came aboard from let's just say from last year to this year is it like they're running up to you like a baby's oh i need it well 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 well, no it's not like that i think it's kind of more of like um, what i wish i had in high school you know what i mean okay Um, coach coach hawthorne coach p and coach gabe already already placed a very awesome awesome you know, groundwork for everything that they've done. And it makes sense why they've been so successful. But, like, I tell them all the time, I'm just here to throw candy paint spinners on it to some 612s in the back. <laughs> so, um, it, it, it's wow. been very – it's been felt felt very good to be embraced by them, you know. And they – I think the funniest thing, Joe, I got mentioned by Joe Thomas, and one of them had mentioned me. He said, oh, you're famous, coach, you know. But, no, I think it's just cool to be able to give them the access that I have, you know, or that I wish I had. And do you typically tell them you're – the kids, your life story. I mean, um, what what, I, what I've learned, what I've learned, you know, is that um, from like how Coach Harbaugh came into Michigan, um, he was so effective because he just came to serve first. Um, and anything I ever do in any job, I just want to come and serve first. 
Um, and obviously, if I have the chance, I will. But my thing as a coach, I just want to be as effective as possible, you know, because um, it's not about me, you know. And I think I always remind myself of that. Um, and, I, and I think that's why it's been a lot of reciprocity so far back and forth with the players. You know, they've been so welcoming to open, you know. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. Well, again, man, I, I just want to say, I mean, you're in a – if you had to pick a pretty good school, you're in a real good school district. I mean, yeah. real has players. I mean – they were they dropped off a little bit before. I mean, Texas, we got players. Period. And and if I, I could have, I would have, if I'd have known that you were coming back to Texas. I know. Man, a lot of I always had to do too. I mean, I got Kimball that could have referred you over there, Lancaster. Uh, well, you well, not, but but you know what though, I got that DVL pride now, so you know I'm locked in. Oh, you got that blue. Oh, you get, you locked in on that pride. Oh, now? Yeah. Y'all, you know, 12 <laughs> on the only got 10, but if I had two more, they'd be there too. Man, because y'all got y'all stacked up. You got players trying to leave. I mean, and don't even live in a district trying to come over there, man. I mean, you oh, know, it's crazy. And it's like, uh, I want to go to Dunkerville. Oh, yeah, the like, new name is O Line High, too, big fella. Oh, it is O Line yeah. High. And hashtag oh, steppers. People don't understand that means that when them lights come on, whenever they come on, yeah. Uh, I've always asked me, what is the steppers coach? <laughs> it's just that when them boys lie them, lie, lace them laces up, it's between them four, you know what I'm saying, four lines, they're going to step. So, so how yeah. do you, uh, last thing, how do you like DFW? What is your, I mean, you've been here before. I know you have yeah. relatives in here, but now yeah. you are becoming a Texan. So, yeah, what yeah, I'm, I'm about to get my shag soon now, but um, it, it's awesome, you know, um, and I'm very blessed, you know, that guy had the foresight to just put that thought of me to get around my cousin, you know, and he's doing his thing out here at Faith and Fitness, you know, DeMarco Tillman, he's one of the best trainers in the DFW era, and he actually has been like the thing to propel me to where I'm at now. You know, I came to Dallas like 334, and I think I was 311 yesterday. You know, I feel lean, I feel explosive. Uh, my last 40 I ran was like a 5'1" you know, something like that. And I don't have to run a 40, but it's just, you know, the proof of concept, like I was saying. And I believe I lost 4% body fat and I'm probably up about 3% lean muscle mass, which anybody that knows, <laughs> you know, big fellas and train them, that's a pretty hard deal to do. Have you been kind of reaching out to some of the Cowboys on, uh, you probably see them at 81. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Tyron Smith was there yesterday. You know, Taco Charlton, he's one of my teammates from, um, you know, college, he's not with them no more, but he's still around the area training. Coach B.T. Jordan you know, has all those guys coming in doing their thing. You know, and Von Miller being in there, you know, one of the greatest defenders probably ever, you know, is always motivating too. Right, because, I mean, that's the main job is trying to get to that doggone quarterback, man, and having a yeah. to do that. And if you can and if you can track as many play, players. Shout out Big Duke May Mayweather. Shout out Duke Mayweather as well. The O-line masterminds Clint he had last Two weeks ago, it was awesome as well. He's doing his thing out here in this area, too. Oh, yeah. Y'all, that's a wrap. We look forward to seeing you all next week. I just want to say a shout-out to my uh, special guest, Logan, for coming on. Also, you can listen to us, our podcast on Apple, Android, Spotify, Podbean, PoweringYou.com. Also, you can check us out on uh Twitter, and Instagram. We look forward to seeing you all back next week. And that's a wrap.